LWDG Pod Dog, the podcast that helps women train their gun dogs and become part of a supportive community. I'm Joanne Perrett, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group, and I'm thrilled to be your host. Our online membership offers expert training, monthly courses, and live coaching sessions that empower women to become confident and skilled gun dog handlers. Join us as we share insights, advice, and stories to help you and your four-legged friend achieve your goals. So grab your headphones, sit back, and let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of LWDG Pod Dog. This week we're going to be talking all about Mark's memories and blinds with no other than the amazing LWDG group expert, Claire Denyer. How are you today, Claire? Good morning, Joe. I am very well. How are you? I'm really, really glad to be back at my desk doing some work. I'm missing the sunshine, but I am happy to be back with you chatting about things all things dog and today we're going to be talking about Mark's memories and blinds now for a lot of people then especially if you're new you're going to be a little bit like what are Mark's memories and blinds and we're definitely going to be talking about these like retrie- these retrieval techniques but let's start with why do we need to explain to people what they are yes yeah, so it's um the retrieving in gun dog training is all about progression and setting the dog up for success to end up with the ultimate goal that you want, whether that's going into working tests or working your dog on a shoot or whether you're simply just doing gun dog training for fun. But if you're training with a gun dog trainer, it's important to understand some of the terminology around the retrieves and the type of retrieves we do to help you understand what you're training your dog. Now, obviously, you know, the gun dog trainer will explain that as they go, but it's really good to have that core understanding so that when the gun dog trainer says, and now we're going to do a memory retrieve, in your head, you're like, I know what that means. I know what that is going to involve for me and my dog. I can remember, like, right at the beginning when, you know, I was really new to all this and I was like a retrieve is a retrieve dog goes out get something comes back and I can remember being a bit confused by all the like different types of retrieves and, yeah. and what was expected of the dog at different levels so before we go into like the types of retrieves and like the differences between them why do we train the dogs to do different types of retrieves yeah so ultimately we have to train the dog to do different types of retrieves so that If they haven't seen the bird or the dummy land, they have trust in the arm of where we're directing them to send them and that bird. We need the dog to understand how to mark areas of fall of of dummies or birds that are seen retrieves. Um, And we also need to build drive and desire in the dogs to want to retrieve and to return to us. So the four main retrieves that I will focus on will start with informal or puppy retrieves for for young puppies and to build a bit of desire and drive and that's more like an informal game of fetch for your dog and then you've got your marked retrieves which we'll go into depth with in a moment your memory retrieves and then finally your blind retrieves but there are so many different elements to each of those type of retrieves to be considered in the training it's not 
just a case of, oh, now I'm going to do a blind retrieve. We have to prepare the dog for that using marks and memories. Because when we start out, if we're not aware of these different types of retrieves that are going to be things we need to train in the as we go on, we start off and we make loads of mistakes, don't we? Because we're a little bit like, lob the dummy out, dog goes get it. We're not really thinking like our body language, are we setting the dog up right? Are we teaching the dog good behaviors in retrieving from the beginning? Because it just, it just seems so easy, you know, the, the dog's not going far. We can see the dummy, the dog can see the dummy. But this like loosey-loosey behavior right at the beginning, because we don't know the rest, they cause us huge issues as we go on, don't they? Absolutely. If you don't go through the process of teaching the retrieves in the right order and at the speed and difficulty level difficulty level that suits the individual dog, you're going to end up with a dog making mistakes. And if those mistakes keep repeating, then you're going to have a dog that either becomes sticky or loses confidence or just ends up hunting the wrong area. So building that up over time is just a really important part of the jigsaw puzzle. And also, right at the beginning, we start off, we've just got like really, um, like I said, loose retrieves. We don't think about the challenging environments that we might face further on. Like we might start off in our back garden doing these small retrieves, but in the future, that could be across water, up a hill, down a hill. We need to be thinking about all these things that are going to happen in the future right from the start. Yeah, so you've got to consider the wind direction. You've got to consider the terrain. As you said, whether they're hills, whether there are natural barriers or obstacles in the way as well. Um, and obviously, we've done masterclasses on all of this for the Ladies Working Dog Group. But they're all things that need to be covered in each element of a mark and a memory and a blind. So the dog has to know how to overcome natural barriers, how to tackle obstacles, um, how to push through difficulties and difficult terrain when they're retrieving might mean going from cover crop into a wood or vice versa. There are just so many elements and also the level of distraction around the dog at the time. So you might get a rabbit pop out or a fox run across the field, you know, and things like that. So teaching the dog also to be able to maintain its focus and complete mark memory and blind retrieves with distractions is another element of the training we need to consider. If we look at our whole massive library of masterclasses, there is a huge amount of it dedicated to this topic, isn't it? And if I had thought at the beginning, you know, oh my God, I'm going to need to know this much. I think I would have been a bit shocked. Like, don't get me wrong, as we've gone through and as we've gone through the courses, I've learned so much and I now understand it, but it is way more to it than we give ourselves the, the time to understand, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's like everybody's really keen to move on to the really advanced stuff as well. So everybody wants to get to the really difficult memory retrieves or, or the really flashy looking blind retrieves. Um, but if you haven't got those foundations in that are created from your marked retrieves and your scene retrieves and your kind of work on memory retrieves on different terrain, it can fall apart very quickly for the dog. And then what you thought was going to look really flashy ends up looking really messy and you and your dog are like, what happened there? Um, so it is. And so, you know, 
it's really important when you start off with your marked retrieve one of the first things that you want to be aware of is does the app dog actually understand what the command or the cue that you're using vocally means do they understand what the arm means that that's that arrow pointing in that direction um, is your body language something that your dogs learn to understand appreciate and work with um and all of those things have to be considered before we can even get to the flashy stuff. So if we start with like the basic stuff, yeah. you, where do we start? So let's just say I've got a dog, a young dog, and let's just say I've started with my little puppy and the puppy is doing um, little puppy retrieves, little informal retrieves. I've done them in the garden and it's just very play-based. It's a game of fetch. Um, I'm going to start building in um, what I call a marked retrieve. You know, commonly it's called a marked retrieve. And the reason it's called a marked retrieve is because the dog has marked the area of fall of that retrieve. They have seen the dummy in the air or the retrieving article, article in the air. They've seen it land and they're learning to mark that area of fall. Now, this will vary from trainer to trainer and handler to handler slightly on how they do it. But when I'm working with a beginner young dog, I will use my arm on a marked retrieve because I'm not yet doing memories and blinds to help start building that association that my arm is pointing in the direction that you have just seen that retrieve land. So it starts to mean something to the dog. Much later on, which we'll come to later, when the dog is very proficient in marked retrieves and we're doing more technical memory retrieves, I won't use the arm on a mark anymore. But that depends if it's a true mark or not, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but yeah, essentially, in the very beginning of the training, I want the dog to connect seeing that area of fall and my arm pointing in that direction. I can remember going to a, a training session with Sam, with Buddy, my spaniel, and I thought I was doing it all so right. And I was like standing, and I had my arm out, and I was like, like doing the do. I thought yeah. I looked great. And Sam took a photo, and she was like, "Look at this photo." And the dogs, not even looking at my arm, the dog is like <laughs> gazing lovingly at my face. My arm is totally irrelevant. So it's that type of thing, isn't it? We think. Mm. We think they understand it, yeah. but if we're not very aware of what they are doing and what we are doing, they might not understand at all. This is exactly it, Joe. And the thing is, as people will learn, if the dog takes its eye off of the mark to look up at you, that's technically now a memory retrieve. It's not a mark anymore. So, you know, we're kind of getting into this deeper, quicker than, but that's fine. This is how these conversations go, but that's exactly it. So a true mark for me, when I'm training a young dog, a true mark is where the dog is in the area of fall, they're looking down my arm, they're seeing that, that area, and everything, the pieces of the puzzle are fitting together for the dog, and the dog is learning, your arm is pointing in that way, but yet, the problem is when we've spent a lot of time teaching our dogs eye contact and they're looking up at us lovingly, they might not even see the mark. And the same goes with heel work. So if you think about if you're doing a walk up with your dog, which if anyone doesn't know what that means, it's when you're walking in a line with other dogs and handlers and they're shot and retrieved out front. So you're in a walk up, walking toward the shot 
um, and the dummies. And if the dog's gazing lovingly up at you, they're not actually seeing the area full of those dummies. So they're technically going to be blind. So, so, you know, we don't want the dog to be fixated on us during heel work when you're training for that kind of thing. You want the dog to be looking ahead. So you can see already how this becomes quite a complex conversation. Yeah, and this was, like you just, it was just a simple, you know, it was a simple mark, really, but he should have just kept his eye on what had been thrown and just kept connected with that. But again, we talk about it all the time. When you've got a novice handler, a novice dog, you don't know what you don't know. So people might be listening to this and thinking, well, I thought the dog was meant to look at me. What Are we saying the dog's not meant to look at me? And it's all these things, isn't it? So a mark is the dog's seen it go out and it's not, it's not lost contact with where that that dummy has gone absolutely a true marked retrieve is where the dog has seen that area full they've marked that area full they're focused on it and they're sent for it there's no real delay in that there's no big distraction in that and that's where your memory retrieves come into play but before you move on to memory retrieves you need to make sure that your dog's ability to mark is good on different types of terrain because it's no good just doing it on a cricket pitch and the dog sees the dummy go up, sees it land and there's beautifully manicured grass in front of you. So the dog just runs this beautiful straight line. The minute you then put that dog onto uneven terrain or on a hill, all of that changes. It changes how it's, it's perceived by the dog. You know, depth perception for a dog is very different to ours. I will always get my handlers when we introduce um, what we call a mark unseen. So there's a slightly on a mark there, but the dog has seen the dummy go up and they see it coming down. But because of the terrain, so it could be a slope or a hill or a brow or something like that, the dog sees it come right down. You can't see what I'm doing on the podcast, but <laughs> what I'm trying to demonstrate, I will try and say as well. Joe can see, we know what else can. Um, the dog sees the dummy come down. And if there's like a little brow of a hill, to the dog's viewpoint, that will look like that dummy has landed on the edge of that hill but it might have landed 5 10 15 yards over that so it's getting the dog used to having confidence on those sort of marks so we've seen it go up and down but actually it's not quite where it landed um so that's another technical skill to teach the dogs and this you can see i think as well like in dogs from different geographical locations there's mm. loads of dogs in our area they know that anyway because a lot of the training takes place on hills, so they see that all the time. They yeah. get used to things like a tennis ball will land, but then it will roll on, and they get mm. confident in that. But then, you know, if you take dogs that train, like you said, flat areas all the time, something mm. like a hill, a brow, a ditch, it might completely throw them off, and that's why it's important we go to lots of different environments. Absolutely. So that's where proofing of the training of your mark retrieve comes in, because you've got to prove that marking ability under different circumstances with different terrain in different environments and then adding in distractions as well. So the marked retrieve, people just go, oh, it's just a marked retrieve. And it's like, oh, there's a bit more to it than that. 
And it's like we said at the beginning, this is your foundation. And if people are like, oh, the mark is sorted, you know, I took him out on the cricket pitch, he got it, let's move on now. Let's start doing, you know, like, you know, like 50 metres, unseen, memory retrieves, blinds, blah, blah. You didn't put in the foundations. You built your house on sand. And that's where the problems come from. And that's when owners seem really lost why the dog isn't able to move forward. Absolutely, 100% that, Joe. yeah. So we've got to give marks way more attention and way more thought about how, how we behave and what the dog learns from that. Is the dog learning the structure it needs to go on to a more advanced retrieved? What does it mean when we like move from our marks to our memories? What changes? So with a memory retrieve, some people call this a semi-blind. So again, being aware of that terminology, I call it a memory retrieve. Some people call it a semi-blind. Um, some people call it a delayed mark. So you, it's getting used to the people that you're training with, how they word it and understanding that. But for me, I call it a memory retrieve. So this is where the dog has it, where that retrieve is. But then there is a delay or a distraction or something else happens before the dog is sent for that retrieve. So what you're essentially doing is teaching the dog the ability to memorize and remember the location of that retrieve. You're teaching the dog to keep that in mind, but still be able to do other things first. So when I first introduce a young dog to a memory retrieve, it will be very simple. I'll walk the dog to heel, I'll whistle sit the dog up, I'll throw the dummy out a little way in front, I'll make sure the dog has marked that, I'll then turn the dog away, and I'll walk back the same route that I've put it out. Walk back, turn around the dog, and then set the dog as I am planning to set them later on for blinds, so the setup must all be the same, um, and send the dog on the retrieve. So that's a simple one. Then you've got to think about adding in distance on that. So increasing the distance. So one of the easiest ways for the dog to increase distance is to use a familiar point, put the dummy in the same place, but increase your distance away from it. Then you want to make that more, take, more difficult by taking away the footprint that you've created. So when you walk out and walk back the same route, you're creating a footprint of scent that the dog is technically following, okay? So then later on what I'll do is I'll walk out, put the dummy down, but then I'll take a different route away from the dummy, okay? Um, and send the dog from a different send point from where we walked out. So then you're taking away that same footprint. So you might walk a straight line out, put the dummy down, continue walking the way that you were, and then walk a little semicircle and then send from over there. So you're sending the dog where there's no actual footprint of where you've walked and you want the dog to show you that from your work on your marks and your straight line memory retrieves, that they're trusting the arm at this point and following a straight line in the way you're pointing. And this is really important, isn't it? Because like I said, before we go on to anything flashy, the dog really does need to understand what that arm means and what like whatever our verbal command is like out or get out or whatever that means i want you to go out in this direction in a straight line not you don't want them to hunt for themselves to try to work it out because that's what you see in a lot of dogs that don't understand the arm they sort of go out to a straight line and then they're like oh, i'll just try and work this out for myself 
Yeah, and you can really tell if somebody always works the same distance with their dog because the dog will run that distance and then stop and start hunting or stop and look at the sniff to go, well, it's not here. So it's all about varying the distance, shorter ones and longer ones over different terrain and also factoring into that. This is where you start factoring your natural barriers a little bit and factoring in things like obstacles so whether that be a little stream they've got across or a little hedgerow they've got to go through or whether it might be um that they're changing the terrain they're on as i said earlier from a wood into a field or vice versa so getting the dog really really confident on memory retrieves that have little tweaks to them really but making sure the dog is holding that line um until they reach the dummy so that's really cool, really really important part and i think some people think oh well when i've got to this point i'm doing memories i don't need to do marks anymore but we know and we talk about it all the time with our members the fact that it's like reinforcement consistency of the basics you don't just like move on and forget the foundations we keep on in a variety in don't we yeah we do um we keep putting a variety of things into our mark retrieves as well as our memories and again this means changing the distance up and down so sometimes they might be shorter retrieves you don't want your dog always assuming that the retrieve is a certain distance so shorter retrieves longer retrieves different terrain um, up a hill, down a hill, <laughs> through a hedgerow, through a wood, you know, sometimes on a track, sometimes off a track. Um, and as I said before, sometimes removing your footprint on memory retrieves of where you've been. And then on marks, it might be that you start to say, right, I'm actually going to throw a mark in that direction. And then I'm going to throw a mark in that direction. And I'm going to choose which mark you pick first. So, it, you know, you get really creative and you make sure the dog is at all times following through with following the arm and picking the retrieve that you're lining them for. So we've covered our marks, we've covered our memories. We're then going to go on to a blind. So explain to people who are new to this, what is a blind retrieve? So a blind retrieve is a retrieve where the dog has no indication that the dummy has landed there or the retrieving article has landed there. So they haven't seen that area fall. They haven't seen you walk out and put it out. It, it's literally blind as in the dog doesn't know it's there. They have to trust your handling through all this work you've done that if they run a straight line in the direction that your arm is pointing, they will find the reward, which is the retrieve. And let's be honest, this is like a huge trust thing, isn't it? You're asking yeah. the dog, like you just said, to go back on an arm when it's got to believe that there's going to be something there. You've got to have built that, that um, sort of memory within the dog to know that if you're putting your arm out, there's something there for them to go find and they've got to have that trust. That has taken a lot of time, isn't it? 
Yeah, it, it takes a lot of time. And also building the dog's confidence on blind retrieve is really important. So I will usually max my distance on a memory retrieve. And then when I introduce a blind retrieve, I'm going to take that distance right back down and make sure the dog is very quickly finding that retrieve by following the arm in a straight line. I don't want them running out a certain distance and then stopping and hunting there. I, I want the dog to run out with confidence. So I'll start short and I'll gradually increase. And again, you can use your familiar areas. So you could put a blind retrieve where you had put a memory retrieve an hour before or a day before, you know. And so you're building the dog's confidence that they're like, oh, hang on a minute. Yes, I follow that arm and it's there. And so if you use a familiar area, you're giving the dog some kind of hope as well as trusting the arm that they are going to find something when they get there because they have previously so we'll do things with young dogs like we'll do a mark or a memory retrieve and then do a blind retrieve there a little bit later on or afterwards so that the dog's like well i didn't see it but i followed the arm and i found it so i must be really good <laughs> so it's about building that dog's confidence and i would probably say if we look away it tends to start, or oh, one of the places it falls apart, people, is where as they've gone through like marked memory blind, they forgot to bring it back down to like relearning something right at the start of something. They've just tried to keep on building from where they were in the previous level, don't they? Rather than like pairing it back, saying, hold on, gotta start fresh here. They just try to, to extend, you know, if, too much on the other side does that make sense what i mean yeah no it totally does and that's exactly right and i think the thing is you've got to remember that to the point before the dog's always seen you put it there whether it's a mark or a memory they've seen you put it there and even if there's been a big delay and that's why increasing the delay on memory retrieves and also increasing the difficulty by taking away the footprint can really help prepare your dog for blind retrieves and some dogs really struggle with it and you have to work with every dog so individually so indy my eldest of my three labradors she didn't really ever struggle on blinds she's just that sort of dog she was like run 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 yeah there it is um rose my youngest she's taken far longer to get confident on blinds super confident on marks and memories will cross barriers doesn't care about tackling anything like that you know she'll cross different terrains she'll go from one terrain to another but she found actually true blind retrieves without anything helping her should be fine if it was in a familiar area or if there was a shot out there to kind of indicate something that might have happened but a true true blind retrieve with no warning and no association um she found quite tricky to start with so i had to do them really really short and i used a colored dummy that she could see very easily once she started running in the area and i had to be quite careful about how i set them up so she was like it works i can do it um and every dog is different some dogs are just naturally much bolder at that sort of thing than other dogs once you've built the trust we are talking about and the dog knows what the arm means and trusts you to go back and to keep going back until it finds something we also have to think about what we're retrieving as well, don't we? Because a lot of what we've been talking about, we're training with dummies. Um, maybe we'll only ever stay on dummies, but maybe we'll go on to a shoot. Once we go on to shoots or one-to-one -one shoots, we've got to think about what we're sending them to retrieve as well, isn't it? Like picking up different types of game, you know, all that stuff is still, is still more training to be done. 
Absolutely. And Joe, you know, a couple of funny things have happened to me over the years as well, because, you know, when you send your dog on a true blind retrieve, you might get anything back. And that's happened to me with Indy on several occasions. <laughs> I've sent her out where there's a dummy and there's something else in that area where that dummy is that she's found. And she's like, oh, oh I mean, I won't say what one of them was because it wasn't very pretty. But <laughs> You know, you still have to smile and go, okay, thank you. <laughs> um, but you know, when you're, you know, when you're training a dog to trust you and run on that arm and run out and find something and retrieve it, you know, yeah, you're going to teach them to retrieve different items, different, different textures, things that smell different. So, you know, if you're going to move on to cold game, it's the different types of birds that they might be picking on a shoot day. But yeah, do bear in mind that you might get bought the odd random thing when you sent your dog on a true blind retreat. <laughs> this is why we yes, everybody has a pair of disposable gloves ready for the odd thing that you really don't want to take off your dog. I use the poo bag. <laughs> <laughs> where do you think like you know you work all the time with reluctant retrievers and dogs that have yeah. problems with these things where do you think are like the points people most people are going wrong so the, the most common things I see that create retrieving problems and yeah I do work with reluctant retrievers is, is a big part of my of my day-to-day -day work um the most common problems I see is where dogs have maybe been rushed through the process too quickly so they've lost confidence and then they've maybe been corrected unfairly um, because they don't understand um, and then they think well it's not worth doing this anyway because you're just going to tell me off if I get it wrong so I'm not going to bother going and doing it. Um, some dogs don't have as much natural drive so people haven't put the effort into building that drive um in, you know igniting that prey drive in the dog to get that going in the dog um sometimes i find that um people have only ever used one dummy so the dog will only pick one item or the handler's own dummy so they haven't mixed up what the dog is learning to retrieve um and also i think because there's so many and this is the difficult thing you know i'm very open-minded and that i will always say this is how i do it but there are other ways of doing it and this is the word I use, but other people might use a different word. But I think when people are being told categorically, you should never do this on a mark and you should never do that on a memory and you should never do that on a blind. Um, and they think that's gospel, but maybe that doesn't work for that dog. So quite a lot of the time with the reluctant retrievers that I work with, the owner's been told it's this way or the highway. You have to train the dog this way. And if you don't, then... You, you, you won't ever get to the level to compete and you won't ever get to the level to work your dog. But that dog needed something different. And so we have to look at that dog and go, okay, well, look, we need to do something different with that dog. You know, I've had dogs where problems I've seen is like they'll spin out on the retrieve. Um, they won't take a straight line, they'll spin out or they'll get a few foot in front of the owner and then they'll stop. And things like that are very common in reluctant retrievers. And that's usually due to either a handling error or a lack of confidence in the dog, or they've been overly corrected for something where they didn't understand. So I think being open-minded as a trainer and as a handler, and for owners to think, okay, so this isn't working for my dog, I need to be a bit more open-minded 
to how I can get my dog to this level and try different techniques. Don't be afraid to change. Like, you know my rule of thumb, Joe. If something goes wrong twice with a dog, I'll say to the handler, change something. Shorten the distance, make this simpler, set the dog up to succeed because you don't want the dog to lose confidence or that mistake to become a habit that you've then got to, to rectify. So for me, it's always if something's going wrong twice with the dog, I'm going to be looking going, OK, the dog's made that same mistake twice now and something isn't right. We need to have a look at this whole picture and work out how we can make this right for the dog and the handler. I felt like I really babbled about that. <laughs> no, not at all. I think you make absolutely valid points. You know, and I'd like to, to say the amount of resources we have on retrieving it's that way because that's what's needed is for people to understand all the parts that break down to become a retrieve, how to go through those processes. And I think it is really important that people give this the due care attention it needs because it is the one thing that everybody loves to watch their dog do, even if you don't intend on using them on a shoot for picking up. They're still fabulous dogs to train to do it when you're back home, when you're training, when you're enjoying yourself, having fun in scurries, things like that. You know, scurries are one of the places you see people are like, Yeah, yeah, my dog's great retrieving. You put three straw bales in front of them and send them back. And they're like, <laughs> What am I doing? And you, you, yes, so exactly. Many, so many frustrated faces where they're like, Yeah, yeah, my dog will be fine. It's like, No, because you haven't actually trained over this. All this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly it <laughs> um thank you very much claire for another fantastic podcast for those of you who want more information of claire you can find her in the membership you can go and watch all her amazing masterclass courses after watching her courses there isn't anything you will need to know about um training for retrieve she's got you all covered plus she's there to help you if you get any sort of sticking points with your individual dogs so thank you all for listening. We hope to see you all next week. Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with Joanne Parrott, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group. If you're interested in joining our supportive community and taking advantage of our group experts training and resources, please visit our website at www.thelwdg.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And we look forward to helping you and your four-legged friend thrive. Until next time, keep training, keep learning, and keep working with your beloved gun dog.